be full of fright. I grant that I was with the devil below in his great big fiery hall, where the devil was giving a ball. I checked my coat and hat and started gazing at the merry crowd who came to witness the show, and I must confess to you, there were many there I knew. Hello. Hi. At the devil's ball. At the devil's ball. Welcome to The Dispatchist, a friendly conversation about hell and some other stuff. This is episode 50 of our podcast, and to celebrate, we got together with the hosts of The Devil You Don't Know, to determine now and for posteriority who is the most satany of a wide range of satans. So thank you for being here with us for two fun, strange years, and we'll get right into it. Welcome to the 2022 Satan's Brackets Tournament, where we will be defining, determining for now and for all who is the most sataniest Satan. With me today are Don. Hello. Don, who are you? <laughs> I, it's a good question, and I... Um, always trying to find that out. My name is Don Early, and I am the host of the Devil You Don't Know podcast, which is a historical and cultural look at the devil. Excellent, and tangentially Woo-hoo. relevant to our interests. Yeah. Victoria, who are you, short form? <laughs> I'm Vic! That's that's all I got. Hi, Vic. That's pretty short. <laughs> that's very good short. short form. Well done. Actually, I'm, I'm one of the co-hosts of the Dispatches podcast. Which is focused on Hell, so adjacent to Satan, Satan adjacent. <laughs> Jeremy, who are you today? Hi, everyone. I'm Jeremy Spray. I am a co-host with Don on The Devil You Don't Know. Mostly, I'm the one that grew up evangelical Christian and ra- rebelled and railed against it. So I have a lot of cringe and uh, <laughs> commentary that I put into our understanding of religion and the devil. Excellent. And Jamin, who might you be? Hello. It's me. I'm Jamin. I have value and self-worth. And also, you and Jeremy have something in common. The letter J. We were both raised Christian, and I didn't actually rebel that nearly enough. I wish I had. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we do too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what? What? Lukewarm mm. rebel. What do we have in common? Green eyebrows. <laughs> a, a similar facial and hair hair pattern. Oh hair my hair. gosh! I just realized that. It's true. We're twinsies. Oh. <laughs> Well, we'll never know what they have in common. I am Jacob. I am also a co-host of the Dispatches podcast. I'll be moderating tonight's Battle Royale as we go into high gear and blitz through 16.5 different Satans. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. The, the point five is, in, is important. It is. It is. You don't want to have an even number of Satans. Mm-mm. Oh no, that's, yeah, then it's God. Little disappointed it's not 13, but hey, I get it. <laughs> Next time. So here are our 16.5 Satans. We'll be going through them very quickly in a uh, elimination round. Number one, Samuel versus Leviathan. Samuel is an ambiguous angel, sometimes a demon, sometimes a punching angel. He went snake riding in the Garden of Eden. Sometimes he's the demiurge, king of the world. And he and Lilith's sex scenes have been described as two Leviathans humping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some complicated history okay. on this, this fellow right here. Uh-huh. Opposing him specifically is the Leviathan from Hellraiser, a giant floating trapezoid thing that, at the center of a labyrinth that sends out Cenobites on a weird sadomasochistic mission. Hmm. He knows Morse code, so he may be a Boy Scout. <laughs> <laughs> One of the weirdest representations of the ultimate evil I've ever seen. What, the Boy Scouts? Yeah. 
<laughs> points. <laughs> Ooh, but they have badges. You want to talk about sadomasochism. <laughs> so, so which one of these Lots of is, ropes and tying. Mm-hmm. Which one of these is the Satanist? Oh, dear. So it, of, of the side-by-side comparison, the yes. Satanist one, in my opinion, is going to be Samael. That is, that is a, a character representation. It hits a lot of the, the check boxes of what someone looks for in a Satan, as opposed to an all-encompassing, overarching trapezoid. representation of evil and trapezoid. Yes. Yeah. It's a Any, shape. Anybody else yeah. for Samuel? I'm, I'm going to chime in in agreement with Jeremy that Samael is a lot more Satan-y. I mean, riding on a giant serpent or being the serpent or talking to the serpent and convincing the serpent. I mean, that's that's just good writing, honestly. As opposed to the like, hey, that just that thing just hates life because it keeps encroaching on its its style. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> this guy's also the angel of death and some seriously like... Someone brings Samael, and you're like, no, I'm not going to mess with that guy. <laughs> Victoria, counter-arguments? Yes, I'm going to vote for Leviathan, because he is the worst prize in a claw game. <laughs> the <laughs> off-brand Rubik's Cube situation that can't be grabbed, so I feel like that's pretty evil. Well, tragically, you are outvoted this round, and we are going to move on to... Wait. What? What? Wait, Jamin. Jamin, you don't count. <laughs> I can oh, count to five. Oh. Oh. Jamin, your opinions. I was going to say I've never seen Hellraiser because it scared me. Mm. Yeah. And somehow means God has heard, mm-hmm. which I don't know how that ties, but it makes me sound smart. So somehow that's my vote. Also, God, <laughs> maybe God's blindness as well, or like. God's poison. Okay, but still three for Sam. Okay, okay. Yeah. I'm a little, uh, I know we want to move on, but I'm a little disappointed that Hellraiser isn't moving on because that is a feast of special effects, gluttony, nearing pornographic S&M violence. And oh, yeah. It just sounds like it made me cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The story is terrible, but man, those special so effects. It is transcendently <laughs> 90s goth BDSM, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sounds like one more vote for some ale to me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, we have Leonard versus George mm-hmm. Spigot. Leonard. Oh, yes. So the, uh, this was a comparison I was not ready for. And I took a moment when I saw Leonard and George Spigot come up. And I was like, I have to do some research. <laughs> I did. I, I, I dove in. And mostly what I liked is how little content if I was trying to find my one to two to three sentence or paragraph blurbs I could find, Leonard had four, four sentences that I could find, but it was pretty clear. Like, he is the representation of evil, owner of hell, and three-horned goat, and uh, will mark people and also have sex with women once in a while as an offering of sin. And and that's his deal. And I was like, wait, is that how you sin? That that's that, that that was how part of the oh wait maybe I'm getting him confused with Mephisto I have I read doing a lot of things at once uh, mm-hmm. I I think there's good reason to get him confused with Mephistopheles however Jeremy I will point out that introducing these people is my job oh God yes I jumped in I'm gonna Ouch. I'm gonna mark that I'll just mark it and uh, let's start over <laughs> hey who are these guys Leonard Lord of the Sabbat and the Grand Master of Orgies Lucifer's personal assistant and answering machine he who picks up the phone when you make a pact with the devil. May take the form of a handsome soldier with cold semen. Does he carry it around with him? Or I don't. The, 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 like a bucket? <laughs> the remorse are unclear. Okay. Super soaker. Oh. I mean, 
That's uncomfortable anyway, one way or the other. George Spigot is the uh, antagonist of the 1967 Bedazzled, the only true Bedazzled. Oh, come on. He is tired and jaded. There was a time when I get used to get lots of ideas. I thought the seven deadly sins is an afternoon. The only thing I've come up with lately is advertising. He's very, very British. And the magic word is Julie Andrews. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, very British. Very British. I'm going with George Spigot because uh, he's the devil. He's literally the devil. Fair. Other takers. I'm Team Spigot, even though I love Leonard, and I know, Jacob, that you have uh, a special, special, special love for Leonard, but I, I do. I do. Spigot, two for Spigot? I really wanted to go Leonard because he has three horns, and you just accused me of not being able to count. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it was but a test. I had never seen George Spigot's glasses until this moment. Truly, they are wonderful glasses. They are impressive. And now I have changed my vote to... Uh, George Spigot from Bedazzled. Don, are okay. we all in on Spigot? So there, there, w- there was a moment that I would have said that uh, Leonard was the guy. I, again, just mm-hmm. for the following that he has and the goat-like appearance and, and all. But I, I think Don called it really well that Peter Cook was the devil. And like, the devil. Uh, of the two, you have the devil's handmaiden and the devil. And if we're comparing who's the most Satan, that's going to be Bedazzled. That's George oh. Spigot. Okay, unanimous for George Spigot. Goodbye, Leonard. We hardly knew ye. <laughs> ooh, this is a hard one. Oh, ooh. Oh, 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 oh. Angra, mind you, versus him. On the left, we have Angra Mayu, whose name I am butchering, uh, Aramain, the Zoroastrian force of evil and destruction, the source of confusion, dis- dis- disappointment, and strife, introduced the concept of the apocaly- apocalyptic Satan to the world, and may make an appearance in a Don Bluth film. Hmm. Versus okay. <laughs> him. This is a villain so evil, so sinister, so horribly vile that even the utterance of his name strikes fear into the hearts of men. The only safe way to refer to this king of darkness is simply him. Heavily inspired by the yellow submarine and the blue meanies. Also one of the best caricature voices uh, in yeah. cartoons of all time. Absolutely. He is delightful. I, he's really, really great. Now, see, I'm remind you, against Leviathan, we would have had some debates going on here, mm-hmm. because those are some really solid depictions of the first darkness pre-life and all that. Yeah. In this case, going for Satan, uh, I'm straight up voting for him, if only because of the fabulous boots. Truly mm-hmm. 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 boots. And the fluffy skirt. The fl- yeah. Mm-hmm. That goes back to the third century. It does. Sure. I'm team him. I was expecting for me to think less about this. But you have the Uhura Mazda is, uh, or 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 orgazed or oh yeah 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 okay or so you've got one of the oldest dark sides versus one yeah. of the newest yeah and there's so much history in Zoroastrianism to just mm-hmm. like like he's got depth and history and culture and and has yeah. influenced every everyone moving forward and him is still scarier mm-hmm. like, you know, <laughs> on TV and he yeah. preys on little girls yeah. Yeah, I uh, Angermenu has such a huge place in my heart as the first devil. So I I have zero exposure to him or the Powerpuff Girls. So oh, goodness. Um, oh, I'm wow. I'm going with Team Zoroastrianism myself. I'm and glad I'm somebody saying, voted but, for him because I didn't. <laughs> I'm I'm a yeah. failure. 
I'm straight up sending you YouTube videos right now, dog. <laughs> oh girls. my gosh, this so is we can a change world your of wonder. Just stop. Has just opened for you. Powerpuff <laughs> so Girls loyal. is amazing. I'm so loyal to history. Come on. Before we move on, I wanted to share a tiny little Anger Mind you story. When he was accused of being a non-creative force of destruction, he said, I can create, and he made the peacock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's, like, that's... That's evil. That's... Uh, that's Dude, a baller move. It is evil. I have a peacock in my neighborhood. Oh, and yeah. It is the worst. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. absolutely ah, the ah, ah! <laughs> At four in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. We have Beelzebub. I do not like that illustration. That's the... Uh, <laughs> the dictionary infernal. He's got like a spork on his head. Yeah, the <laughs> giant crossbones. Giant fly. He's little tats. Mm-hmm. Beelzebub versus the Lord of Darkness from Legend. Mm. So Beelzebub is the Lord of the Flies and the head of the Order of the Fly in the Binsfield Hierarchy's Prince of Gluttony. Uh, sometimes he's the king of hell himself, and he's one of the very few demons who gets named in the New Testament. Yeah. Versus the Prince of Darkness, played by Tim Curry. I am the Lord of Darkness. I require the solace of the shadows in the dark of night. Sunshine is my destroyer. Tonight the sun sets forever. There shall never be another dawn. Mm-hmm. Who was going to originally be cast as an animatronic griffin. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Funny yeah. they tried to do that in Rocky Horror, too. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a different the film. The pool scene just, yeah, didn't. Gotta be a Tim Curry thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so do try and ignore the ridiculous giant fly on the screen. There are no pictures of yells about to speak of uh which of these meets your criteria for the satanist satan i'm going with legend uh with darkness it is such an icon they nailed the spirit of just tim curry's performance is wah. i love it <laughs> yep, I, yes I, I absolutely love it Beezlebub, i have a little bit of uh angst around because mm. it was really the israelites trying to throw shade on ball and so it's uh, a little soured me there. <laughs> I did not know that. It's it's a fun story of the recognition of the play on words. Mm-hmm. It's almost Shakespearean in the way that there was the uh, the Lord of the location, and it, basically without going into the the whole history of it, when uh, when the Israelites were were casting shade and they were trying to say why we're better than they are, they were referring to what uh, the ball was the lord of and referring to everywhere that the worship ball as a dung heap. And so the ball was the lord of the flies and, and everyone mm-hmm. that was over that. And that's where the term Beelzebub uh, came from. Don, I, I'm, I might be butchering like my history no, on that you're... a little bit. That's it, yeah. It, it was very much one of those where we all just kind of like, wait, what this horrible, yeah. crazy demon King of hell was, was nothing but someone calling the, them a punk and using your mom jokes. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Throwing shade on Lord of the Great Hall. Yep. I was going to say, I, I completely agree. The the othering and the name calling and like the name shifting. Who had a terrible name in fifth grade? Um, yeah. Ooh, Jeremy Spray. How about that oh, one? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the kids called you in fifth grade? That's what they're doing to Ball. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. However, in modern culture and understanding just the concept of beelzebub as an entity not counting mm. its origins like discounting its origins but his current status right it's fair we acknowledge who he is or what he is um there are books written and mm-hmm. 
True story, I used to own a conch shell, which I used to play, until my housemate threw it away. Uh, we don't know that that happened. You threw it away. Oh, come on. <laughs> and so, you know, in The Lord of the Flies, when the little boy plays the conch shell. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. right that, sorry. That's that you? A, that was me. That, that was, that was a, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, what is going on with the conch shell? I don't remember anything about a conch. It had to like really draw that bridge. Oh, yeah. We went One full the- circle there. I'm glad eventually <laughs> we all got it. But, but uh, long, long answer short, Jamin. Beelzebub. I'm with I'm, I'm with Jamin. I have to say, oh yeah, I just kind of I love Tim Curry, but I kind of have to go with the much maligned mm. uh, Bub. I I personally, as the tiebreaker, I I love that he got his position as King of Hell by kicking Satan under the bus and giving the hell to Jesus. So I'm going to take the side of Beelzebub on this one. <gasps> nice. Oh, yes. snap. Okay. With apologies, because it's fair. I want to tell you about that animatronic sex scene. <laughs> well, that's for that's for dispatches after dark. Okay, next round: Azazel versus Dante's Satan. Ooh. Okay. Well, we wow. know who Jacob wants. <laughs> I do. I do like Azazel. Azazel is a demon of the wilderness, or maybe the place name of the wilderness, or possibly both. He teaches humanity the arts of making swords, knives, shields, metalwork, and makeup and eyeshadow. And mm-hmm. he's Hellboy's father. Mm-hmm. Versus Dante's Lucifer, who was once once a mighty angel, but when he fell from heaven, he landed with such an earth-shattering kaboom that he's now a slobbering mute thing in the bottom of a pit of hell that he created from his impact, endlessly chewing Judas, Brutus, and Cassius. Uh, he's also really kind of the um, poster boy for the medieval Satan, which tends to be kind of a broken, sad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for yeah. 1,000 years, that was the reigning Satan. But now, which of these will make it into the next round? Mm. Azazel is the scapegoat, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Which, which I, I kind of really dig. The, the, like that's the the term scapegoat, which is used so commonly and culturally, mm. all started with Azazel. This one's tough mm-hmm. because having been forced to read Dante. <laughs> by my podcast cohorts, uh-huh. I suffered. And Satan makes you suffer, right? But Azazel is the scapegoat. Oh, man. I'm going to have to go with Dante Satan, I have to say. I just, just that imagery alone, to me, is, yeah, like, you, like that's, that's just such a classic image. And so influential, mm-hmm. and just such a depiction of kind of, Evil that is just beyond sense. I I love Azazel for the demon that he is, and uh, one of my favorite twists in uh, a movie that I watched, uh, Denzel Washington. Right, it, it's the, the big film that he's got, and and like loved the character in that one. But I will also agree. I think Dante Satan is really was the Satan for a thousand years, and so it, like like a lot of things that we've seen afterwards there's always been a bit of a callback. So if we're talking about the most Satanist Satan, like this is the big name. Correction, not Satanist Satan. <laughs> not Satanist. Re- re- I'm Satan. sorry. Mm-hmm. Did, did you mispronounce my apostrophe in there? That was, <laughs> yes, the, yes, Satanist, yes. the Satan-ish Satan. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go the exact opposite of that, in mm. which, yes, he made me suffer. 
yes, for a thousand years, he was that. But in current zeitgeist cultural understanding, if you were to say, you know, oh, have you read Dante's Inferno? Or do you know what a scapegoat is? The shift of recognition would be towards the scapegoat, Azazel. That, that's my only logic. That's fair. The problem is Azazel is going to be recognized as a vague name of the devil. Mm. And, uh, but people are like, yeah, isn't that in the Bible somewhere or something? You know, it would be like that. Um, Azazel is not, actu- is, is not actually the devil, but just gets associated with it later mm. on. The scapegoat is compelling, though. But uh, I'm going to go with the lasting impressions of what, uh, upon the overarching psyche of what Satan is, I think Dante wins it here by a scope. Not by much, though, I don't think. Because Azazel's, you know, the Book of the Watchers has such a huge hold on evangelical Mm. Christianity. Um, So, it's there, too. But I'm I'm siding with Dante because I have a really beautiful translation that I love. <laughs> is that uh, is that three for Dante Satan? I think so. That is three for Dante's. Yeah, mm-hmm. that that was that was close. Yeah, it was very close. interesting. Fact about Azazel in the Book of Abraham, he's described as the personification of the fires of hell. Oh, that's a good one. That is a good huh. one because he's so hot. Is that it? I that's got to yeah. be it. And that has got to be it. My God, you guys have read the Book of the Watchers, right? It's it's a lot of a lot. It's a lot of a lot. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I haven't read but it yet. But the fiery chair is bananas. Mm. <laughs> that book lingers so long in the Bible. It, it does. Moving on, we have Mephistopheles versus Nurgle. Mm. <laughs> the cutest cat in the world. I was just going to say Jamin. <laughs> Jamin. Once again, Jamin, that is Nermal. 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 <laughs> but he's got little kitty feet. Oh, my God. We should totally create some apocrypha that brings <laughs> Nermal yeah. into the world of Nurgle. So Mephistopheles is a, German, a demon from German folklore who became the hero of the play Faust, I think. Mm-hmm. He's a purely literary devil, but a very famous one. Uh, and he may be Leonard, actually. So, Leonard round two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nurgle, on the other hand, is a Mesopotamian god worshipped across thousands of years. A god of war, death, and disease. Death not like Hades, but death that happens to you quite suddenly. He's one of the oldest Satans on record, going back to at least 3000 BC. And he's a lion-headed god with a mace, or a god with a lion-headed mace, I am not sure which. <laughs> <laughs> hmm, but he's not a mace with a lion-headed god. Uh, no. No, no, generally not. able to rule that one out. Okay. Thoughts? This one's tough. It's tough. I have a soft spot for Nurgle, because we did a, a, an episode on Mesopotamia. You know, son of Enlil, originally a sun god and god of healing. Mm-hmm. But he, like, forces his way into the underworld for... Reasons, um, using, <laughs> you know, heat and lightning and threatening to destroy Ereshkigal, the, uh, the the goddess of the underworld. Leading to two seven-day sex scenes. Yeah. Man, I mean, you're, you're on yeah. it with the sex scenes tonight, Jacob. It's, uh, uh, Always. You know, the Sumerians, <laughs> oh yeah, the Sumerians and the Babylonians, they, 
They knew they knew romance. <laughs> was it romance though? No, was it, it was, was not the romance. <laughs> it was not romance. We have some arguments in favor of Mephistopheles. Oh, I will go with Mephistopheles because uh, he uh, <laughs> there could be a direct line um, from him, or in my in my heart, there's a direct line from him to TV's Lucifer. Yes, I want to learn okay. about that. He definitely has. Okay. Yeah, I haven't cast my vote. I just word vomited about Nurgle. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't, my vote is not for Nurgle because yeah. I don't think that he was the Satan. I think there were other gods that were more Satan-y uh, for the Babylonians than Nurgle was. Kur comes to mind. But Mephistopheles brought us the goatee and the evil classic. There's a look that we get with Mephistopheles yes. and mm. Um, that endures so much throughout. Well, we saw it with um, him, Peter Cook. And, yes. and him. Yeah. And him. Yep. Yeah. It's uh, the devil so, is dandy. Yeah. The devil is dandy is wonderful. So, yes, with the Lucifer TV show reference. Victoria, I'd like to add not for Nurgle to our band name list. <laughs> not for Nurgle. Is that like our better than Ezra cover band? I think so. I think so. <laughs> That's amazing. That's like a that's like a three part reference right there. <laughs> yeah, two from Mephistopheles. Any third? This one is tough because Nurgle is not Satan in his own right. world, and Mephistopheles is it's kind of like a a minion of Satan, like working on Satan's behalf. Yeah, you know. So neither of these, but I will say, I think Don's explanation kind of swayed me. If I have to cast a vote, it's going to be for the red tights. Ooh, yes, <laughs> they are compelling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I was going to go with the same uh, level. If only that, if someone has a vague understanding of the story of Faust, yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah, I read that once in junior high, uh, you know, a million years ago. How can you like there, everyone will recall that Faust made a deal with the devil, and it was, and it was not actually with the devil. It was Mephistopheles who warned him that, like, yo, this is not going to go the way you expect, but he <laughs> did it anyway. But it was always that representation of. The devil. So I'm mm. I'm voting for Mephisto. Okay, four for Mephisto. Next round, we have a double layer cake here because I want mm. to go into Sandman's Lucifer, but Ooh. there's a trick there because we now have two Sandman Lucifers. There's a, yeah. So how cool is that? Next would be which Lucifer? We have Tom <sighs> Ellis. Uh, it was hard to find a picture. Hard yes. to find a picture of him wearing a shirt. Which is, you know, as it should be. There's pictures of everywhere. Oh, with clothes on. Right? Yeah, yeah. You had to like Photoshop a you know Hugo Boss jacket on him. Yes. Yeah. And Gwendolyn Christie. Now, Tom Tom Ellis, Neil Gaiman described him as uh, he's so lovable, he's so wonderful. I couldn't sell the world on Tom's Lucifer as being a genuine threat because you go ah, you get them all wound up, and then you go out for a drink. Tom Tom's Lucifer would just try to get Morpheus late or whatever. <laughs> and that I mean, is so true. Mm -hmm. Gwendolyn Christie describes her Lucifer as a lifetime of disappointment and distilled rage, inspired by Dore's etchings and David Bowie, a junkie angel. Yeah. I see mm -hmm. the Bowie now. I yes. see it. Yes, yes, yes. Yep. I think they could have done a little bit better with the hairstyle. Oh my God. I was just going to say, it looks like an elementary school teacher who happens to be a Bowie fan and just can't pull it off. Mm hmm. But that sounds like Satan to me. 
So, <laughs> I, I have gone through the books. I, I've done Act One of the Sandman. I'm now currently listening to Act Two uh, in the uh, in the audio narration. Yes, and the description of Lucifer is that he has a beautiful curly hair, and it is curled in a way that, if you look in the right direction, might be horns. Mm-hmm. And, mm. and when you use that in particular, like very Neil Gaiman description. I, I see her hair and I go, oh, there it is. Like, every time she turns this way, it's fine. Like, she's looking right now. You're like, that's a little messy school marm. She turns the other way, it's about the same. She looks directly at the camera and you see two horns <laughs> curl up and out of her hair. It's yeah. incredible. It's really, really well designed. A lot of her look was that. created by uh, her partner, Giles Deacon, who's a London mm. fashion designer, haute couture person. Amazing. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Uh, which of these will stand in for uh, Gaiman's Lucifer? One is kind of during the graphic novels, and the other is kind of post the graphic novels, but they're the same story. I have to yeah. say, you know, I'm going to go for Tom Ellis because that Lucifer in particular brings uh, elements of Milton, Satan, and Mephistopheles into uh, a nice, sexy, decadent package. And he's got extreme daddy issues, which I think adds a whole other layer of complexity to the Satan lore. Yeah. And yes. Mm-hmm. He's a sympathetic Satan too. Like this is Satan after he discovers oh, yeah. that humanity is not that bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And his and Bones is his favorite show. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. So, I absolutely love that. <laughs> How can you hate a guy that loves Bones as much as right. we do? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I have to go- say uh, Gwendolyn Christie's just she's way creepier. She's yeah. super creepy. She so does creepy that. so well. She does. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going with Lucifer as well because it's what started my cop my podcast. Oh. Um, <gasps> it, it's yeah, it's uh, you know uh, Tom Ellis and there was a, something that was going on in the store in the episode we were watching and my wife turns to me. She's like, "Is that is that actually in the Bible or what? What <laughs> is that from?" <laughs> And I'm like, no, but that's another mythological thing. And then I'm like, but where is that from? Because this is this is mythology at its best. So, you know, let me let me dive into that. And it just spiraled into like, oh, I could do a podcast about the devil. Oh. Because there's wow. so much. Did you? And I did. <laughs> Sadly, no. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately did not go as planned maybe yeah. next week <laughs> john and jeremy your your positions on this yeah so i will probably be outvoted but i am going to vote for gwendolyn christie's uh lucifer only in that of the again the context of the competition the most satanist satan the way lucifer goes gwendolyn christie's literally just under the surface simmering rage mm-hmm. and, and attempt at control because of what she used to be is absolutely how I picture what Satan would be and what Lucifer would be, who who yeah. has known such grandeur, who has known such amazing paradise and been cast out mm. and now is a lord of this garbage pile and <laughs> still mm. having to maintain that level of control or at least posture. Um, all while just fuming inside like that that's what i see and those shoulder pads come on yeah how do you vote down <laughs> those shoulder pads jamin so <clears throat> full disclosure i have not seen read heard watched or sniffed um any of the sandman <sighs> what is wrong with you lots <laughs> just on these two pictures you know the the curly hair the shoulder pads the horns or the the horned wings right like this looks terrifying 
But Lucifer is the shining one. He's the pretty one, right? This is true. Tom Ellis is definitely got that chiseled jawline which says, hey, I'm good looking. You can trust me. <laughs> I, you're not supposed to trust good looking people, though. <laughs> but we do. We all do. I know. It's so true. So that is. You're beautiful. That is three for Tom Ellis, which puts him into the immediate running of. Sandman's, this is the geek category, Sandman's Lucifer versus Asmodeus. Now, oh. as we all know, Asmodeus has 199 hit points, lawful evil, and he's got treasure types I, R, U, and V. <laughs> uh, he created the blood war between demons and devils when he stole the shard of evil. Little known fact, he eats the souls of atheists, which are very rare in a world where you can actually go and visit the gods. Yeah. And why? <laughs> why atheists? Well, if you want to know that, you have to vote for him. Mm, <laughs> that's rough. It is, it is. I can also I, pronounce it as Modius. Well Can I do a wisdom? Can I can I roll for Roll for my perception? Roll or? for pronunciation. <laughs> 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 there are uh, five other pronunciations of his name that I was looking at, including uh, Ashmodi mm-hmm. and Asmodi. And when I saw Asmodi with the two E's, I was like, oh, I have so many of their games. Am I contributing to hell? Like, just (laughs) realizing that there's an entire game manufacturer that's named after this guy. Which, how do you get more devil than that? Like, just fully insidious as part of it. Absolutely my favorite devil of D&D, 100%. Oh, I like Orcus a lot. So, the reason he, he eats atheists is because atheists have no god, and therefore they are not under anybody's control when they die. So, it's a secret power source for him. I have a philosophical question. So, atheists, if they don't believe in God, then they don't believe in the devil. So, they're (laughs) they're being eaten by something that doesn't exist. Wait, does he eat them or does he eat their souls? Their souls. souls. But if they're atheists, they don't believe they have souls. So, they won't miss them when they're gone. But you are both equating the fact that belief equals existence, and that's not the case in this world at all. You exist all sorts of ways. No matter what you call yourself, that's what you are, and that's how you are. So, I don't believe in that god that's smashing me right now. Well, you're still smashed. <laughs> but all you're missing is your soul. Right? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with it right now? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> I feel like atheists probably do have souls. Probably. In D&D they do. You Just don't tell them. Just don't someone, tell them. Someone leave comments Fine. on that one. I would like to hear back on whether atheists have souls. Come back yeah. Finally, we'll get a response. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the geekiest Satan category, we have Sandman's Lucifer versus Asmodeus. Is anybody taking a side here? I am. Don. Going with uh, Tom Ellis, Sandman's Lucifer, because he's the Satan that I want to exist. Mm. Ah. I would agree with that. Victoria for Tom as well. I am strangely not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you type or when, when you get results back and your computer doesn't have that character set? So it just shows little squares, like the ASCII yeah. blank square. Glarb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Asmodeus, even though it's got that Greek looking deus on the end, that was like future. This is old Avestan, like old pre-proto-Iranian. No, it's only 1975. Not <laughs> when, when the first uh, you killed me. I died. Manual came so out. It's like in the etymology, this is believed to have come from Avestan, unknown, 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 and unknown, unknown. It's like I don't even know what the letters are in this guy's name. So this is the 1977 Dungeons and Dragons Asmodeus. 
Oh. You can tell by the art. Yes. The melting art. (laughs) (laughs) From a Greek pronunciation standpoint, it's always the third syllable from the end, which is why I say Asmodeus. Asmodeus. Ah. But which one of these is going to the next round? (laughs) Damn it, Jacob. I can't believe I'm voting Tom Ellis because this is a demon of wrath versus Lucifer. We've already agreed is the Lucifer. And so you're like having an internal struggle with just don't hit the blue. Oh, I did it. It's too late. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) I hit like and subscribe. <laughs> so that, uh, Tom Tom Ellis's Lucifer is moving on to the next round. I will add to your mythol your understanding of Asmodeus, though, that in D anD D his first name was Aramanes. <gasps> yes. Yeah. Oh, my soul is crushed. I know. <laughs> moving on. Why do you tell me that? After? So bad. Not I my job. My I'm here to sow dissent. Oh, our final, oh, no. our final pair, uh, stage, screen, and film. We have John Milton from The Devil's Advocate versus Elizabeth Hurley's version of the Devil. Uh, so far as John Milton goes, vanity definitely his favorite, his favorite sin. He's a fan of humanity, which is kind of a rare and Satan, uh, a rare thing for Satan. He has a lot of children. Almost all of them were disappointments, and he worked as a New York waiter in the sixties. Hmm. Okay. Versus Elizabeth Hurley's take on the Devil, namely the Devil. Uh, the Princess of Darkness and the Barbara Streisand of Evil. I do her, the idea of a male god kicking a female Satan out of heaven for the sin of pride is a great feminist take on the character. Interestingly, she can't convince Elliot that she's the devil until she appears in a pitchfork and mustache male version. This one's yeah. hard because I, <laughs> I think Al Pacino's greatest evil is his acting in this movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> but I also feel like we already have a bedazzled devil. Although it would be nice to have a female devil. They could go head to head. It's true. Okay, I'm going to go for Elizabeth Hurley. For the record, for those of you watching along at home, they're both showing the same amount of cleavage. But John Milton is showing a lot more spittle. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so much more spittle. (laughs) Okay, so I love Brandon Frazier. I'm going to give you that context right now. He is amazing. I, I sense Encino Man into George of the Jungle. And when he came out and bedazzled, I was like, all in. And then Elizabeth Hurley showed up and I was like, why does this not belong in everyone's house all the time? This is an amazing movie. That Ooh, is Elizabeth great. Hurley? I'm so, so excited about it. <laughs> and so I, I, I fell in love with the devil because of Elizabeth Hurley. I, I thought that this is the way life should be. And hmm. I'm okay getting out of heaven for this sake. Then I saw Devil's Advocate. I saw them in reverse order. Devil's Advocate I saw second. And I was like, that is the creepiest effing Satan I've ever seen with and like that one had Shirley's Theron. And like I was getting I was getting all excited about that. And now my brand new hero Keanu Reeves is in this one. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, Brendan Fraser can take a backseat for a second. But I was like completely weirded out. Not at all turned on funny, crazy comedy, mayo mayonnaise. I was really, really thrown into what uh this satan was so i love elizabeth hurley's devil but a satan character was john milton 100 percent, all the way up to the point of being stabbed and killed and brought back to angel lucifer form and then changing reality because you can't actually kill him and he comes back it's true i was like oh no right it just like i had this huge cathartic release that got cut short 
mm-hmm. right at the very end. I thought I just thought that the creep factor lived with me so well. Mm. Yeah. John Melton. Don, your okay. opinions. What what he said. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, Is that I'm fair? Go- <laughs> yeah, I'm going with, with John Milton. Um it is a movie that barely holds up. <laughs> it is it is not what I remembered it. I re- I did watch it recently. But it still does like he Al Pacino just throws himself a thousand percent into this character. And I really appreciated that about it. And and as much as I wanted to see a female devil up against a male devil battling it out, Elizabeth Hurley, and I agree with Jeremy, like Brendan Fraser is also just a really great. He's adorable. Yeah. So uh, this is hard. This is tough because I have a very soft spot for Elizabeth Hurley's as well. So I, I would say if we were talking about picking favorite movies, because that's obviously what we're, we're connecting to it right now, <laughs> I'm going to give it to Beazzle. But picking the scariest or worst or most Satanist Satan again, not Satanists Satan, but the Satanish Satan, John Milton. That's that's where I was clarifying. Yeah. You may I have think, swayed me. I think I'm going to go that route myself. See, Jeremy's impassioned speech, like really opened my eyes to a lot of things, which I had considered a pretty terrible movie. But cleavage. But cleavage. Like, I gotta vote for the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Is, oh, dear. I'm back to Elizabeth Hurley. That is, that is three for John Milton, though, so he'll be moving on to the next round. I tried, Liz. I tried. You did. <laughs> <laughs> no, the cleavage! No, <laughs> it's okay. We still have um, Tom Ellis. Okay, right, that's, that's true. I get that one. That takes us to the end of round one. I'm going to take a minute to reset the leaderboard. So, okay, so Don, you got the idea for the podcast from watching Lucifer. So, Jeremy, how did you get involved? Yeah. So, Don, you want to answer <laughs> that one? Because that, that's it's it's kind of a, a fun way to get into it. Well, I I'm more interested to hear your version of the story because I know why I asked you. But yeah, I. Uh, Don and I are our best friends. We've known each other for 16 years. Uh, pretty close. I, I, even though he lives in Bellingham, uh, my family and I take a trip up to his house, usually monthly. Like we're, we're, we're always hanging out as often as possible in person. And uh, <clears throat> one of these times I was up visiting him over a year ago, we were talking about our creative outlets and how frustrating it was in the pandemic to not be able to be with people or to act or perform or do filmmaking or anything that we're used to doing. And I am a part of another podcast that I, that I'm a part of called Inglorious Bards. And, and I was kind of letting him know that like, this has been therapeutic for me to be in this because I'm able to perform and to play Dungeons and Dragons and, we can see each other, even though we're all on Zoom because we weren't in person anymore to keep ourselves safe from COVID. I'm still doing it. I'm doing something in addition to my, my job. And I'm a trainer at, at my work. So like, I also perform in front of people for that. And I let him know, like, that's a thing that you should try looking at and seeing what we could do. And then, you know, it was kind of a consideration and a thought and going back and forth. And then he caught this, uh, this fire inside of him from Lucifer and like, this is a thing we could do. This is how we could do it. And he and he just started sending me messenger after messenger messages mm-hmm. and emails back and forth. Like, what about this? What about these? Where do these go? Hey, we should do this. And I'm like, uh, let's go. And also, I don't know all this about you, but like, like you're going to do a lot of this research. I ain't got time for that. But <laughs> you want you know, something to be a funny voice and, and make comments on the things you say, <laughs> I'll show up. And so one more thing that Jamin and I have in common is I just show up. 
Don does all the research. And, I uh, resonate so hard with that. <laughs> You're like our little brother, Jamin. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's really when I, when I got into this. So, like, my brief background is that I was going to be a Lutheran minister. I was going to be a Lutheran pastor. And so, when I went into university, I was going to be a religion major, major, but ended up deciding to go classical languages so that when I got to seminary, I didn't have to bother with their crash course Greek BS that like I would have spent college years diving into Greek, classical Greek, Homeric, you know, Latin, you know, and I, I'd taken Latin in college or I mean in high school and it's awesome. I, it's one of my favorite languages. So I dove into that. And then, so this has always been something of mine that is like a real big interest for me. And then we did the movie thing. We, we started in college, we got together we, and we founded uh, this uh, you know, group of people called the Dead Gentlemen, where we made um, demon hunters. Uh, you know, we didn't start with short films. We just went right to a feature film. Out of the gate, why not? <laughs> and so, this is 1999. There was no YouTube, and we could only edit, uh, I think, ten minutes at a time uh, and export to VHS from there. <laughs> it was ridiculous. But but we we started with Demon Hunters, which is this idea of angels and demons like existing and the world that you know or you don't know. And and then we would go on to do the gamers and gamers darkness rising and journey quest. And all that stuff. And, but seminary, so getting ready to go to seminary, they said, no, you can't go because you have stu- too much student loan debt. I'm like, what? I, you've known I've been doing this for four years now <laughs> at a mm-hmm. private university. What the hell? Um, and that just kind of spent, you know, so now I'm an atheist. Uh, but um, <laughs> makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Best single sentence story ever. Yeah. But as a result, I never lost my appreciation for mythology mm. because of all the years of storytelling and of the films and the mythology, the classics, um, religion does amazing things and brings something to the human consciousness. And so that's just not something I never really lost. Um, and, you know, going into this sort of like, oh, shared realities and boy, some people really believe in this stuff over here. And while some people over here believe, believe in this stuff over here and they so different and like conflicting, that fascinates me. Yeah. Jean. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. People... It, it was one of these things where it's like, you you start studying religion, and then you start studying people. Yeah. Yeah. And that was, and then it's like you start studying people's religions, right? Um, and no, I I, I religions peoples and then people's mm-hmm. peoples, the <laughs> people's religions of peoples, <laughs> the people's Inclusion front of peoples. religion of Judea. Now I'm going to life for Brian. Gentlemen, I'm listening. I'm the, I'm the only one, but I'm here for you, buddy. <laughs> okay, back to the important task at hand, determining the most Sataniest of Satans. Uh, let's look at our scoreboard now. Okay, this round the scoreboard is slightly off-center, but we have Samael George Spigot 
him, Beelzebub, Dante, Satan, Mephistopheles, Sandman's Lucifer, and John Milton moving into the second elimination round. Wow, this is not what I expected. I expected Tom Ellis, but... Well, yeah, you'd assume Tom Ellis. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're going to start this round with a deeper dive into Samael versus George Spigot. Uh, Samael, interesting Samael fact, he's the patron of Rome and therefore the arch enemy of Israel. So that kind of contextualizes his king of the world sort of place. Mm-hmm. Damn um, those Romans. He doesn't, he's not really important in the Bible per se, or even really in Enoch. He's kind of a number, he doesn't really place in Enoch very well. But yeah. around about yeah, but, 700. But damn those Romans. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the king of the world according to the uh, like early Gnostics. In about maybe 700 AD or so, though, he gets picked up by the rabbinical literature tradition. Uh, that's where his story with uh, Lilith pops in. He becomes Cain's mm-hmm. father and therefore yeah. uh, has an affair with Eve at some point in time. Um, he's Lilith's consort, Asmodeus' father. Uh, in the Zohar, he's identified as uh, Azazel. That's kind of interesting. Sad story. Yeah. God has him castrated later on. Right. I appreciate hearing that because I remember when I saw Samael and Azazel show up and I was like, isn't that the same dude? Uh, because of the connection that was made so I'm, I'm glad mm-hmm. to hear that I wasn't completely off mm-hmm. one has a mustache that's how you know all the Satans kind of blend into each other that's like the curse of being Satan is you always get confused with all these other guys mm-hmm. a little more about George Spigot I don't think that he's necessarily that bad of a devil because like early on this project is uh, Stanley who's a suicide Stanley was his to begin with, so in a sense, he actually redeems Stanley in this movie. I think that's pretty, yeah. pretty nice. Uh, he's extraordinarily petty as well. He does a lot of the little things like getting rid of wet paint signs and making grocery store bags break. <laughs> How very 60s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think also he's kind of a drive that humans have towards self-sabotage, because after all of the wishes that Stanley uses up, uh, he says, uh, Spigot says of himself, when Stanley says, why are you invading all of my fantasies? He says, there's a bit of me in everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I'm going to have... Oh, no, sorry. Okay. Oh, can I, can I speak, Jacob? Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> hey, Victoria, what do you think? <laughs> I'm finally exposing the truth about our podcast. Um, I'm going to go with Spigot here for no <laughs> real good reason except for five very important words. Drimble Wedge and the Vegetation. I want their what? album. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But I also will say that Sam- Samuel has, uh, in Gnosticism, he essentially is Beetlejuice. He's a snake with a lion head. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of cool. In the history of theology, so- has anybody made that mm-hmm. comparison before? Man, I... <laughs> I feel like we've just witnessed history because I I never would have put those two together, but now I can't not put them together. Yep. 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 Mm -hmm. You're welcome. Samael equals the sandworm. (laughs) So we have one vote for the extraordinarily dry devil, George Spigot. Any followers? If the question was, who is the most badass? Samael. Yes. But the question is, who is the better Satan. Yes. Mm. Who was Samuel up against the first round? Uh, Leviathan. Leviathan, yeah. He was a giant floating trapezoid. The- right. So <laughs> he, he barely made it into <laughs> the next round just because he's not better than a trapezoid. <laughs> not actually a Satan. Just kind of uh, an implement, 
right? Whereas George Bigot is the devil. He, so. Samuel is a Satan in the tradition of the destroying angel version of Satan. Like he's a God's left hand yes. Satan. That's a model of Satan that didn't really yeah. carry over into this, this millennium very well. Hmm. Yeah. So he's a Satan in that he is an obstructor. He is an accuser or um, someone who stands in the way, who is also an agent of God, very faithful agent. Yes. Of God. Um, so, and the uh, original term Satan, right? Adversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what mm-hmm. the actual terminology goes to, which is why that's, that was going to be the exact point I was going to bring up, Don. That's why Samuel gets my vote. Me too. Is that the the whole literal context of the term Satan is Samael? That's that's mm. his goal. He was he was the Lord of the adversaries. He's the he's the one in charge of everyone. He is the prosecuting attorney. <laughs> he's the DA. You no. So that actually like that hits me hard because you're right. S- Satan is the adversary, and if you look at these two, and if the question is who is the adversary, you're right, Samael. But I'm going to hold my ground because those glasses I had never seen before. <laughs> and to Jamin's point, that's exactly right. Like, actually, uh, George Spigot is the adversary. He is the obstruction. And he is, uh, again, sort of the Miltonian Satan where he, he's, he's play acting for Stanley what it was like having to deal with God. So there is that aspect to him. And I would also agree, like, I really, if I, (laughs) if there's a real devil, like, I really want him to be somebody that just messes with people in really banal ways, because that really is the devil we all know, right? Exactly. So scratches record. The devil devil is British is what you're saying. Yes. And um, yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, We can all agree with that. I think that's mm-hmm. that's clear. That's obvious. I, we're just, that was a given. <laughs> so do we still have Tom Ellis? Do we have a, a tie here? Is there two votes for um, Samuel and two votes for Spigot? All comes down to so. you, Jacob. That is correct. Yeah, I love Samuel. He's one of my favorites, and I like the archetype of the destroying angel. I feel like though, if I want to determine this based on my own biases of who wants to be in the next round. I kind of want Spigot to carry forward because um, he's an irritating devil. Uh, he's also very modern, like he wants to cover the earth in plastic. That's his big threat. I think he's, <laughs> he's the devil that's going to make it into 21st he's, century. He, he won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He really did. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I think he's the devil that's going to survive. And Samael is a model of the devil that's largely faded into obscurity. Uh, so I can see that. And it fades out of the bracket. I am carrying George forward into the next round. With apologies to game purists. (laughs) I I have a question, Jeremy. Have you ever apologized for anything you've said? (laughs) Ever? Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to say probably at least twice. But uh, I keep it inside mostly. Listen, game purists, get wrecked. Go away. <laughs> okay, next next round, we have a hard one again. Beelzebub versus him. Ooh. Oh. This is a really great little comparison. Uh, of of the, the matchups that these had before, putting these two together plays real well, because they're both such parodies. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel like Beelzebub is a really... Um, He's like Hell's Regent King, and that kind of makes him a bureaucratic devil. 
which makes me yeah. very happy. I like that kind of character. That's why I like Leonard so much. What else do we know about Beelzebub? He may be a god of disease and summer heat, kind of like Nurgle, so he kind of takes on some of that uh, fire energy there. Uh, he makes an appearance in The Pilgrim's Progress and in Paradise Lost, and in the Salem Witch Trials. Cotton Mather wrote a pamphlet about him called Beelzebub and His Plot. The Testament of Solomon lists him as the Prince of Demons and associates him with Venus, which may make him a synonym for Lucifer in that case, the Star of the Morning. Mm. Mm-hmm. More things we know about uh, him. Uh, he's extremely queer-coded. What? It's true. It's true. He's, <laughs> he's a little, a little bit gay. Um, he's the most powerful villain in the Powerpuff Girls, able to destroy the sun, though someone talks him out of it. Someone? Not just someone. Mojo Jojo talks him out of it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he's very big into psychological cruelty in particular. Uh, he likes to isolate people, uh, make them feel like outsiders, break up teams, turns the city of Townsville against the girls. So he's really into head games. And according to Tom Kane, the voice actor, if anybody utters him's real name, they will explode. Nice. I have to put in a bid for him for several reasons. Um, one, because, yes, when him uh, can suddenly become this very butch, scary version of himself when he needs to. And I would also say that he could potentially be Leonard. And could three, potentially be Leonard? Yes, just in, in demeanor alone, I would say. And also, he's really interested in infrastructure because he keeps trying to destroy the town. That's like opposed um, infrastructure. <laughs> it's, but you know, opposed still to an interest. Does not mean not interested in. Okay, I'll buy that. Right, exactly. But the third and most important one, to your point about him being a queer icon, there is a live action Powerpuff Girls in the works, oh. and the internet is all a buzz. Everybody wants Little Nas X to play <gasps> him. Yes. Oh that would be glorious. Was, yep. I was just Man. going to say mm-hmm. you can't do it in real life, but then you just changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Boots, frills, everything. Mm-hmm. Nice. I'm going Beelzebub, history nerd. Okay. Yeah, he's he's got a, a great degree of historical context for him there. Yeah, I'm voting for him because Lil Nas X. That's why. That's, <laughs> that's enough of a reason. Though, I mean, that's I- That's a I rumor. Would, I was I was voting for uh, him anyway because again I am looking at the devil. I'm looking yeah. at a characterization yeah. of the devil and regent of of hell. I think that was a, a really great description, Jacob. Regent king of hell for Beelzebub. I absolutely have seen him as that. When Lucifer is away, Beelzebub's in charge. He, he's true. he's he's the second in command, right? Like, hey, make sure everyone stays in line. But Lucifer comes back and Satan's back in charge again. That's that's what him's doing. In the uh, insane version of, mm. of the Hell's Hierarchy that's postulated in the Dictionary Infernal by, uh, created by Alex Berbiguar, who's a, a, a slightly crazy demonologist from 1750 or so, Satan is in exile and Beelzebub is ruling over the courts of Hell in that version of the, the hierarchy. So, he kind of, that story does continue into this, into the more recent demonologies. Yeah. However, uh, I'm, I'm for Hell, I'm for him too. Uh, great character. I, I will vote him. As as much as I like, will strongly preach Beelzebub anywhere else. I vote him, but also I want to prepare everyone here for the long game. <laughs> like, start thinking: what happens if we put him against Mephistopheles? Oh no! The mm, end, right? Right? Just sub like cogitate. It's a drag off. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. <laughs> they have to do a, They have there. to lip sync for your life. <laughs> <laughs> 
who is next? We've got Mephistopheles versus Dante's Satan. No contest here, in my opinion. Wow. Why would you say that? Okay. We- Elucidate. So, when we talk about, for me, for me, I think about who has, who has contributed right now to the most of a modern day understanding of Satan. Mm-hmm. And I think particularly in the, the visual arts of comics and of movies and television, Mephistopheles cements a more popular idea. Yeah, I feel like if you ask anybody, how many heads does Satan have? They're not going to say three. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. A little antiquated. Mm. One thing I was thinking about with Mephistopheles is that um, he's he's very safe devil. I mean, he's the devil of stage. Mm-hmm. He's comical. And even in Faust, he's not really very, like, frightening. But I mm-hmm. think that one thing, and he kind of sets the stage for the uh, advertising devil of the late 1800s and late 1800s, the Victorian era and like the modern era where the devil is kind of this cartoonish thing. But yeah. that likely serves Satan's agenda quite well because the devil being harmless makes him a more useful tool. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Your comment, Jacob, just reminded me of the one name I expected when I looked at the entire bracket and didn't see uh-huh. Which was Kaiser Soze. <gasps> oh. Because oh my God. that was a mind bending moment for me, literally out of the trailer. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. And like, yes. that was one that just like, even at growing up as a Christian kid, I was like, <gasps> that's why no one believes in him. He's convinced everyone. Like, I, I just blew my mind on it. And so that. That was like the devil in my head for a really, really long time. Also, we'll picture, we'll point out, I always pictured Gabriel Byrne as the devil, like from from really, really early. So whenever he played in that role, I was like, he's the bad guy, Mm -hmm. because he was always the bad guy to me. He was always the devil. And uh, it was because of his relation to Mephistopheles and and, and the looks. So I'm, I'm going with Don on this one, like on just the general context of what I see, what I picture when I catch something. The big, scary, winged demon that even comes out of, you know, Fantasia. Like, that was a big bad guy, but that wasn't the devil. The devil was the guy with the goatee and the red and, and the boots all the time. So. The devil was the guy with the goatee. <laughs> <laughs> I have to give Jeremy props for quoting uh, Baudelaire as well. Thank you. <laughs> I have to give Victoria props for knowing who Baudelaire is. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Thank you. So are we all in for Which, me- are we all in No. For me- Why do you always forget me? <laughs> because I live with you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so many truths are coming out tonight. Uh, building on Baudelaire, both of these characters, both Dante and Faust, like are are things you bring up when you're at a cocktail party and you're trying to impress people with how smart you are. Okay. Oh, smore, smore, smore. I've read Dante, smore, smore, smore. And like, everyone's sick of you. And you're like, okay, just shut up. You know, another martini, please. I did get that right. a lot when we were reading Dante. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Martinis help. <laughs> you know, both of these characters, are, oh, so, so Faust, so what do you think about the Faustian blah, 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 blah. And then, then you know, etc. But on my prior statement, playing the long game, forget how smart I look with a martini in my hand. Mephisto with the red tights. 
So enough said. We're all in on Mistopheles this round. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Excellent. Yep, yep, yep. Just like cocktail parties, if you were expecting more from me, sorry. <laughs> Hashtag martinis help. <laughs> <laughs> next next pair up. We have oh boy. Uh, John Milton. Oh. John Milton. <laughs> John Milton versus Sandman's Lucifer. Oh. I feel like one almost- is way less spitty. <laughs> Wow. This well, you is, know where I'm going to go. I do, but this is not just about Tom Ellis. Uh, <laughs> oh, I know, but... I feel like this is the same character at two different points in his life. Oh. <laughs> After the breakdown? Right. Mm. Right? Like, like we have the John Milton, who was Lucifer, trying his damnedest. He's gone through so much. He's been putting so many plans into place. And now we're finally there. He's finally yeah. created the right kids, putting them in the right order. He's getting all the pieces together, and the dominoes fall apart. And he, he doesn't go through and completely flips out. And then you fast forward, let's say, a century, and we've got Tom Ellis' Lucifer, who just doesn't care anymore. He's like, you know what? F it. They're putting themselves in hell. I'm going to go be my life and figure myself out. And I... I, I it's kind of the same person to me at, at two different points. So I guess if I'm going to think of, again, my very closed-minded concept of the Satan and, and being evil, I'm going to go point to John Milton. Because that's the angry one. That's the vengeful one. That's the one who's manipulating and causing problems and trying to destroy the world and, and doing his hardest, where the other one's just ah, in it for himself. Yeah, he kind of drops out of his role as the Satan, does, does the Sandman's Lucifer. But yeah. I think in the arc of the Lucifer comic, he really goes after God as his primary antagonist yeah. and gets involved in a God-based yep. uh, conspiracy. Uh, one thing I want to mm-hmm. add about uh, Al Pacino's John Milton, while I was doing the research on this, I only found this with him. I found a company, a birthdayplace.com, that was selling John Milton's Satan as an edible cake topper. <laughs> with the suggested personalized greeting... Happy fifth birthday, Ethan. Happy fifth birthday, <laughs> Ethan. Wow. Pictures. Because really, pictures the Devil's the Advocate is a kid's movie. Yeah. That means if, if we have one picture in the show notes, so many movies. it's going to be this in one. That movie. This cake topper. <laughs> Happy yeah. fifth birthday, Ethan. So, I know I'm an active participant Part- blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> I know I'm an active participant. You want to start over? No. Well, you want a cough drop? <laughs> I think I ate the last cough drop. A lozenge. Oh. I know I'm oh, an dear. active participating member in the patriarchy, but I just want to say, to prove my point, both of these gentlemen are showing about the same amount of cleavage. Uh, I think Pacino's got, a, got LSD. Yeah. yeah Maybe yeah. a bit more. I think he- He's got a rosary, yeah. too, I think. Mm-hmm. But again, Lucifer is the shining one, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I, in any other vote, in any other quiz show, any other topic, I would never vote for Tom Ellis. Never. But <sighs> look at that chiseled jawline, man. I'm jealous. <laughs> now, Lucifer is the shining one and the star of the warning, et cetera, et cetera. But this is about Satan, which is a higher category of being. What? If we go back to... Don, clarifying, where Satan is the adversary. Yes, it is in the title. It, mm, 
again, the Sandman Lucifer is more against the system than hmm. just yelling mm-hmm. and screaming and trying to break everything. Like, there's a, yeah. there's a systemic approach versus a chaotic approach. That's that's a good yeah. point. He's not really the enemy of humanity. He's actually kind of buddy-buddy. No. I agree. Lucifer's Satan. I'm going to stop calling him Tom Ellis, I promise. <laughs> um, he's also the adversary to God because, again, God is the main, uh, his his uh, nemesis, his, you know, ergo his daddy issues. And he, again, yes, he supports humanity. He does not punish. A, well, he kind of goes, he, he punishes, but he doesn't make people do evil. Right. And I think, you know, more the king of hell aspect comes out in Sandman's Lucifer, even though he has given up the throne. Mm-hmm. But there's still that part of the story here. I feel like jo- John Milton lacks gravitas. Yes, I agree. And I mean, you know, Lucifer Satan can be he can he can he can throw down as well when he puts on his devil face. Hmm. So obviously I'm in team Sandman's Lucifer as well. Uh Team Tom. Hey, Team Tom. We're just gonna yes. call him Tom. With the Australian team Tom. Tracks, right? <laughs> team Tom. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they're delicious. But I think that, I think the points raised are are exactly like where I'm going with it is that um he's against you know, oppressive systems. He sees God as this oppressive overarching source of quote unquote good. And he's questioning it and he's throwing those questions out and actually causing humanity to stop and ask those questions as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And he gets mixed up in real normal human sin of like nepotism and narcissism incest. and <laughs> incest and entitlement and it's just this it's he's like the shining example of what <laughs> humanity can do wrong <laughs> mm-hmm. but trying but who also has a a you know an agenda of like giving the finger to god and and trying to make things kind of better he's he's for justice which i think is really interesting he's not for evil he's for justice yeah and also i'm gonna throw in uh prometheus given the idea of the romantic devil and the promethean power of the devil definitely sandman's lucifer is in that mold in that mold don as our resident expert in all things al pacino but particularly uh, the devil's advocate the f- the the what do you do uh, visual director who, who the guy that chooses the shots the camera lingers on i don't know what you call that yeah the director, director of photography. photography yeah he did a long lingering shot on uh john milton's like three inch thick boot heels can you mm. explain that to me <laughs> no <laughs> <laughs> thank you Ooh, do we ever see him barefoot no because maybe it's hiding a a chicken foot or a club oh club yeah foot. very possible three inch calluses uh-huh. Because that's be a given, feet. you know, going back to, Ka- yes, mm. uh-huh. going back to Kaiser Soze, you know, he has that limp, yeah. right? So. Mm. Uh, an homage to hooves, maybe? Mm-hmm. Or to uneven, yeah, uneven footle structure. So who is maybe in the director's cut that shows up? <laughs> that would be cool. The bootless mm-hmm. edition. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where there's just like the camera like comes into his bedroom and kind of like pans up to his like one chicken foot and one hoof oh, on God. <laughs> peeking out of a duvet. The Quentin Tarantino edition. <laughs> <laughs> Who is moving on to the semifinal round here? I think Based on the count, I think it's Sandman's Lucifer. Mm-hmm. I think I'm the only one that said Milton. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gaiman moves on to the semifinal round. I ain't even mad about it. <laughs> 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 That's the spirit. Okay, I am going to take a um, brief moment to reset the leaderboard, and we will have a little intermission. Yay! Do, do, Tell us about the Dispatchist podcast. Specifically, where did the title come from? I I feel like of all the research I did, I should have researched you guys a little bit more. Oh my god. I was being clever and I regret it. <laughs> so clever. <laughs> but since we're in hell, we have to stick with it. It took us, I think, what, it took us a year before we actually did, like, the reveal to the audience. <laughs> and it took me, I think it was like Four or five months in before I was like, wait, are you kidding me? That's the... Oh. It, it has nothing to do with screw tape letters, I'm guessing. No. Wait. Okay. No. Yes. But that's... A, it's, <laughs> no, it's, wait, no. Wait. Does it? <laughs> Damn it. Jamin, do you remember where our name came from? I want to hear you explain it. So, <clears throat> one of the circles of hell, the big city with the walls, is the city of Dis. The end. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. There is the, the play on words of dispatch, yeah. like dispatching souls. Right. And even like when we started, and I've I've said this before, but like Jacob and I have vastly different creative outlets. And and we we accept this. Like we're we're perfectly fine just ignoring each other. He does his thing, I do my thing. And he was basically saying, you know, as as yourself, as the pandemic was hitting and all of us lost our creative outlets. And he's done other podcasts before. And when he does his podcasts, like, we have an unspoken agreement. I try not to flush the toilet when he's recording. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I try. I have, I have a, a history background of radio and television broadcast. And I understand the importance of recording at home. And your asshole roommate flushes the toilet. And you're like... <laughs> and he said... Oh, God. So I'm thinking of starting a <laughs> podcast with my friend Victoria about hell. And if you're on it, you won't flush the toilet. And I said, <laughs> and he says aside, I'm like, oh, God, oh, God, please let me join. Please let me join. He's like, quit mocking me. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I'm serious. I, I want to be part of this. Like, my background with, like, growing up, religious studies, language studies, um, that's about it. <laughs> that's it, that's a lot of studies. That's fine. It's a lot to get to. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, I really wanted to be a part of this. And again, going back to the name, where it's like we've done studies, we've done studies. You're aware of Dante, and all of a sudden you're like, wait, the Dispatchist, the City of Dis. Yeah. You worked very hard, my my friend. I, very hard. I've learned that cleverness is a vice, <laughs> not a virtue. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that, that is an a, a hindsight it, lesson. It really is. But once you once you invested in yeah. the domain name, there's nothing you can do at that point. 
<laughs> and if, if you're listening to uh, us on the Devil You Don't Know podcast, this will be the Dispatch's 50th episode. So I'm very excited about that. Round yeah. This is 50? This is Whoa. 50. Round numbers. Yeah, I cannot believe you wasted it on us. <laughs> you got me there. I thought you were going to say, I can't believe you wasted your lives. It's <laughs> <laughs> a little from column A. Yeah. No, we're very excited to have you here. Absolutely. Jacob, do you remember how we met? Um, I was, we worked together in the publishing house that shall not be named. And I was running uh-huh. weird little errands around the building and noticed that you had covered your wall with Krampus postcards. And I figured we were meant to be together. And that was like 20 years ago. And I think the first time I actually, my first vision of you was at a very, very sad Halloween party there where I just started and didn't really know the level uh, at which I could dress up and did you go all in you walked in <laughs> I was just like wearing you know kind of office Halloween like pumpkin earrings or whatever and I was just super depressed and then you walked in wearing if I recall correctly it was uh I keep wanting to call him Michigan J Frog but it's the fox from Pinocchio or something similar to that with a oh, moving right. tail Did I have a tail that year that? I think that man that scene terrified me as a kid <laughs> Yep, 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 yep. And I was like, I am going to go talk to that guy and he's going to be my friend. I think that was the only time time I've ever dressed up for Halloween at work. Wow. (laughs) I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I was there to see it. Yeah. That that is a great, like, you you got it right the first time. Like, oh, this is what happens when I dress up for Halloween. I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i've got the friends i need now we're we're all set <laughs> i am also that person who dresses up for halloween and i was never allowed to as oh. a kid uh, other other than oh. when i was six years old my parents were like nope we turn off the lights we hide in the basement the light, like like we don't do halloween and it's always been my favorite holiday yeah i just thought it was yes. the coolest First for the candy, but second just for like I can dress up. I'm an actor. I get to do this thing, and so it was like pulled away for from me for so long. So when I finally was like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Uh, like from 17 on, I would always find a way to do Halloween. Good Goodwill was my friend for a really really long time because I couldn't afford anything else. But I. Uh, other than trying to, I, I couldn't out clever my friends. I had so many friends who were really good about like making very, very simple costumes that were based on really clever phrases. Like a friend of mine once walked around with a name badge that said life on it. Hello, my name is life. <laughs> Never did a walk up and hands you lemons. Oh, nice. Like, Hey, how's it going? How's it going? <laughs> like super clever. And I'm like, I can't be that guy. What was your best costume? My best costume to date, uh, I believe so far has been Lil Sweet. From the Dr. Pepper commercials. He, he is he's the, the, the little teeny prince. <laughs> it was pretty good. Kind of the little prince guy. The, the mm-hmm. little prince guy. I, and part of that was because I was wearing the beard a lot and my kids were young. And the year before, I shaved off my beard because I was doing a uh, gender swap with uh, Dr. Who and uh, and Rose. And so my wife played the doctor and I, I played uh, Rose. And it was great. And my daughter freaked out and said, Daddy, fix your face. Because oh. like I, she was used to the beard and, and like it was this big, round, smooth thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to keep the beard this time. What can I play with that? And I, and I was like, okay, oh, wait a minute. 
and I just started putting things together. And so I bought myself a bright silver jean jacket. I had the purple maroon velvet leggings and I walked around and I wore this to work. It was on Halloween. So this was my work outfit with my full purple wig and headband. And I just carried a bottle of Diet Dr. Pepper with me and says, it's a sweet one. And just, <laughs> I, I started at the company in July. And most of the people didn't know who I was because we, we just moved into a brand new location together. So our corporate headquarters moved in August. And this was my introduction to 90% of the people that worked there was Lil Sweet. And so people were like, who was Lil Sweet? What has happened here? And I just kind of built this reputation. And for a good two months, people did not recognize me as I have no hair. And they're like, weren't you Lil Sweet? Wait, you were, you were the, and, and like, it became this thing. And so there has been this like ongoing challenge of like, hey, Jeremy, what are you gonna do for Halloween this year? Hey, yeah, hey, you hey, got to kind of keep it up. Uh -huh. Yeah, so it's hard. Uh, last year, I was Captain Yarnbeard. I, I have a pirate costume from when I used to work in Renaissance fairs and a big, big dwarf ah. beard that I made out of yarn. Nice. It took me like 14 hours. And so it's just like this this big beard. And so it, I walked around as Captain Yarnbeard all day. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, right, and then the pandemic hit. And so I was like, what am I going to do? How do I costume up here? And I gained weight, and so I became Fat Thor. And so I was, I was Fat <laughs> Thor at work, right? right it's culturally you know, relevant. It, it worked really well, and people were like, hey, I like that guy. And uh, it, it's, it's been working its way up. This year, I'm pretty confident I'm going to be Nacho Libre. Oh. And, uh, my kids <gasps> are old enough now, so I'm going to shave this down, get myself a little pencil mustache. Ignacio. Uh -huh. Sometimes in a man's life, the he must wear stretchy pants. We must be, <laughs> a man needs to wear stretchy pants. It's for fun. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I'm going to start at the semifinal round now as we go into our penultimate penultimate round. Is it the final four? Yes, the final four. We'll begin with mm -hmm. him versus George Spigot. Oh, no. Oh, oh wow. Oh, oh God. wow. Shoot. I mean, oh, Satan. Oh, Satan. questions. <gasps> Throw the horns. Well, we learn in the 2016 edition of the Powerpuff Girls that Kim's name is actually short for His Infernal Majesty. <laughs> well, yeah, but his name might actually mm -hmm. be Harvey. <gasps> it's not. Again, the you, Leonard connection. Well, you didn't explode. Mm -hmm. That probably isn't it. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Mm -hmm. I mean, fair point there. Mm -hmm. Science. Mm. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Oh, God. Uh, right now, I'm picturing live action M as the actor who played Desire in The Sandman. Such oh. a good role. He's a, yeah. They're, they're oh creepy characters. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. But okay. they commanded every scene. I mean, yeah. I was. Every of one scene. Hooked. <laughs> yeah. No, sure. in, in fairness, her, her sister was hooked. No. <laughs> no, nothing. Nobody. Nobody. Oh, come on, that was oh, good. Harsh audience. That was a good. Thank I liked you. it. It was despair. Everybody, come on. That was that was a good one. So <laughs> sorry, I, I was too busy googling live action Powerpuff Girls so I could figure out what was going on. I, <laughs> I, I may have spaced out. So I, I want to talk about a couple of connections with uh, George Spigot. This is a little bit meta, but there's a uh, a tie with him and the Terry Pratchett uh, Neil Gaiman vehicle, Good Omens. 
in that the chattering mm-hmm. nuns of St. Cecil make an appearance in both uh, worlds. And I kind of love that. Oh, yeah, it's true. No way. Yeah, in in uh, in Bedazzled 1967, we meet the Order of the Chattering Nuns, and they're uh, I'm sorry, it's the Leaping Nuns of Saint of Saint Cecil. Uh, yes, and they leap to uh-huh. heaven on a trampoline yep, yep, yep. for for reasons that I can no longer remember. But it's very British, fucking Brit. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and in the the Pratchett Gaiman story, the Chattering Nuns of Saint Cecil are an order of satanic nuns that uh, serve to bring the Antichrist. In. I'd like to talk mm-hmm, about uh, mm-hmm. Spigot's redemption arc because I think it is kind of interesting as a character. Uh, again, he he may be trying to redeem Stanley, and he does eventually. Spoilers: let Stanley go from his collection of souls. It doesn't have to. And his desire is to get back into heaven and into God's good graces. And uh, I think that as a like redemption candidate, that's interesting. And that God turns mm-hmm. him down says a lot about God in this world too. Mm-hmm. That is that Satan, Satan yes. has a place and God has put him in it and doesn't want him to mess with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very much along the, uh, as we keep coming back to the theme, the Lucifer mm. storyline. Yeah. yeah. Right. And, and that, that's a very Lucifer uh, thing to happen, whether it be Sandman's Lucifer or the other bedazzled or, or otherwise. John Milton. On, on the, the levels of the Satan, though, the, the, the the one who is the devil, his infernal majesty. Uh, I'm I I recognize that this is tossing into finals for this uh, potentially, but I'm I think I'm going to give it to him. Mm. Mm. So I'll start him, obviously. <laughs> Wait, I started. Oh, I can't start after I started. <laughs> That's right. Wait a minute. Me, hang on. I'm going to preempt Jeremy by giving my opinion <laughs> second. Retcon start. <laughs> We have guests, Jamin. Let me follow through with my opinion, if you'd let me. I substitute your reality and put in my own. <laughs> <laughs> Which is very satanic. Oh. So, oh, him, man. Him, obviously. Him. But I want to share this Powerpuff Girls live action. I, as a manly man, the manliest of men, would never watch a soap opera. Ever. I don't do it. Where right? are you going with this? I'm following. Hang on, let him speak. Okay. (laughs) And then I watched a TV show called Scrubs, which is about doctors doing doctor things. Okay. There's humor and and doctor stuff and sex. And like, I was three seasons in and I realized, damn it, this is a soap opera. You caught me. I've been watching. And then I watched the next eight seasons. Unabashedly, unashamedly. I'm so confused. Turk, the (laughs) doctor. Who is JD's best friend? Yes. Yes. It's in Scrubs. In Scrubs. <laughs> and, and hopefully in real life. Uh, this is Donald Faison. Mm-hmm. Is cast to be Professor Utonium oh. in the real life Powerpuff Girls. Oh, exciting. Oh, okay. that's right. Okay. That's where okay. this is going. Uh, and? Therefore. The end. I just Googled that right now. Here's your fact for the day. Him. So you're good it's like at a shaggy dog story. You're good at starting shaved. stories, Jamin. <laughs> I also end stories. My stories have conclusions. Do they? <laughs> George Spicket. That's my vote. Screw the power. <gasps> Actually, I'm I'm, sp- I'm Spigot because I feel like the Powerpuff. It's it's complicated because oh, no. the Powerpuff Girls universe does not seem to have a god. So. 
can him really be the devil proper? Or is not the devil? Or is this well, kind of like supernatural though? Satan, or I mean, I guess yeah. I guess him is a Satan. Oh, I don't want to make this yeah. decision, people. Victoria. Oh, do you want to roll v- for Victoria, it? Victoria. Satan. Yes. Is the antagonist. Okay, so the hero him <laughs> the story uh-huh. is the antagonist. Okay, all right. Just in, the, in general. I'm, I'm not saying you should change your vote because I changed your mind with my logic. Uh-huh, that's, yeah, we can't say that. But I'll give you a dollar <laughs> if you change your vote. <laughs> <laughs> one American dollar? No, oh my gosh, no, like one Panamanian dollar. <laughs> Australian dollar? Yeah, Australian dollar. Um. I'm going to go for, I'm still going to go for Spigot. Damn it. I'm team Spigot. Well, okay, Jacob. I feel like, uh, actually, Jonathan's argument that him is a monster, but not the devil, I feel is kind of compelling because Spigot is, of the two, uniquely the devil, whereas him is amazing and chews the scenery with great gusto, but is just one of a lineup of villains in that series. The, the worst, possibly, the most powerful, but honestly, mm-hmm. Mojo Jojo is... A Wait, better. That was my argument. I'm giving Are you, you sure. No, no, I'm not sure, but I'm giving you giving you credit for it. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Bedazzled and George Spigot as the actual Satan of the pair, with with great sorrow. Before you before you say <laughs> this, finally, it's bound to happen. I have an Australian two dollar bill in my wallet. Okay. <laughs> End of story. Another great story. Great <laughs> job, <you>. <laughs> Just killing it. I wish I could make like blink, blink noises. <laughs> I tried. I tried. <laughs> Insert you cricket did. noise. You tried. The next final round pairing. Um, ooh, goodness gracious. Mephistopheles versus Sandman's Lucifer and Tom Ellis's smiling smug face. Oh, no. This is tough because... I'm kind of maybe going to go for Mephistopheles just because of history and influence. Because Sandman's Lucifer would not exist were it not for Mephistopheles. Oh, that's true. True. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where I'm going to jump on that board, because I've been so Team Lucifer, um, Team Tom. <laughs> team Tom. Um, but uh, I'm thinking about term in in terms of images of satan as we progress as a society and like tom ellis's lucifer is in there but i think in the consciousness did it contribute more than mephistopheles i don't think it does and i don't think it will yeah mephistopheles here is kind of shorthand for the entire like stage satan tradition and that is a big part of satan's dna in the like in the mm-hmm. period. Literary tradition. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, Jeffrey Burton Russell wrote an entire book called mm-hmm. Me- Mephistopheles, um, Satan in the, or is it the Devil in the Modern Era? Yes, it's fantastic. Yeah. I've got the Devil in the Modern it. World. You both had <laughs> uh-huh. the book on hand? Oh, yeah, hold up. <laughs> Literally behind you, right behind your virtual screen. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm never going to a cocktail party with you two because I will lose. <laughs> oh, schmar, schmar, schmar. I'm literary. Well, let me pull this. Victoria and I are now BFFs. My copy's downstairs. <laughs> yep. My we, copy's in Don's hands. 
I think we're all Russell fans. So the the Mephistopheles Leonard connection. I this this made me happy when I kind of looked into it. Mephistopheles in one of his backstories, he's a prince of hell, ruler of Jupiter, I think, and the commander of other demons on the level of like Beelzebub and etc. Leonard is also that sort of critter. He's a fairly high powerful, high ranking bureaucratic demon that's in charge of nearly everybody, uh, demon wise. Uh, his other name, or one of his other names, is Lucifuge Rockefeller. Mm-hmm. And Lucifuge means basically uh, afraid of the light or fleeing the light. Mephistopheles means he dislikes the light. And <laughs> chronologically, they're from the same basic period, too. They're all kind of like orbiting 1700. 1800 changeover. So they may have a lot of DNA in common and may, may partake of each other. One more thing is that Lucifuge and Leonard all wear the uh, three-point hat that's the symbol of the jester or the Lord of Misrule. And I think Mephistopheles partakes of that jester thing quite deeply. And 100%. He does. Yeah, and Leonard was the uh, the three horns. Yeah, I didn't show you his other picture yep. where he looks like a jester wearing a three corn hat, three point hat. It's a very similar image. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I I don't think I, I need any further explanation other than what's been given. I I'm going to give it to Mephistopheles. Okay, I know. Sorry, sorry. Ooh, that is a sad I'm, thing. It's so pretty. I'm going to go back to the root, the the core question of Satan. Who is the most Satan? You have Lucifer, and you have Mephisto, who dresses up in red tights, and I really wanted to go head to head against him. Mm-hmm. Yourself, not not in the tournament. <laughs> I mean, why not both? Okay, okay. But, again, at the very beginning, he's a, uh, he's a, a spawn of, not, not, a, not a spawn, he's a minion of Satan. Yeah. He's doing Satan's work. He's doing this for the Satan. And while he looks like the Satan and he has the goatee and he has the red tights and he has and he has defined an imagery, he's not the Satan. Rebuttal. Go ahead. Nope. Beelzebub. Same argument. Might not be his origin as the devil, but becomes associated or equated as the devil establishing in the consciousness that Mephistopheles and that look is the mm. Yeah, and I had reservations adding him to the list of canonical Satans here because this is for all history, but Mephistopheles has become a synonym for Satan in this century, whether or not that's how he began. He's ended up, despite being like strongly like number two background, background demon, he's become a synonym for Satan because his presence is so strong. So I felt comfortable adding to this list simply because he's another member of the Satan clan. Fair, fair. Counter bundle. <clears throat> is that a word? No. <laughs> I accept. It is now. Beelzebub voted off the island like an hour ago. Who cares? I care. Due to no. Don's knowledge and wisdom, who I have <laughs> listened to and shown out parrot, <laughs> Satan is the adversary. Mephisto working with Faust, like Fausti and Mephisto in the book, which of course I've read, (laughs) (laughs) ouch, isn't really the adversary. Whereas Tom Ellis kind of is. Oh, I think we've As someone who is reading the book on that one, I'm going to add a footnote on your uh, counter rebuttal 
and what's, uh, really what's point that out word? That Re- recount or rebuttal? Yeah. Retro, retro bottle, <laughs> retro bottle, retro, retro bottle, uh-huh. retro bottle, super bottle, <laughs> super bottle. Um, <laughs> Sandman's Lucifer. In this context, Tom Ellis, Sandman's Lucifer. He makes deals. He yes. gets people into hell and, and sets them up. All of that is a copy and imitation of Mephistopheles. 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 I stopped talking. <laughs> I don't know what just happened. I, I need to get into counter retro battle. <laughs> Mephistopheles sets mm-hmm. the people who have already set themselves up. He yes. waits for people to walk in the door and just ushers them to the end of the hallway. He does not go seeking them out. Is that adversarial? Uh, uh. <laughs> I've lost. I've oh, lost. Oh, I've lost track of where we are in this in this in bottled inception. <laughs> so many bottles. I, I know I'm going to be I, one out of three. I will lay my one out of three vote. There are four people. One. Math is hard. It man. is. It is so hard. The math. It's clearly getting. That's late. why we're, we're doing great. That's why the Leviathan <laughs> lost so fast. Because he's a trapezoid. Oh, your your vote. <laughs> uh, Sandman's Lucifer. Okay, so I can lose. Is that three for Mephistopheles and one for Lucifer? I think. Yeah. So. Okay, that mm-hmm. takes mm-hmm. Mephistopheles into the final round of. Very British Satans. One second while I reset. Oh, no. <laughs> a most British Is this going to be Brit versus Brit? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Well, they all were British, actually. Well, not him. Him is, him is kind of British, too. Actually, uh, Mephistopheles is German. The original uh, Faust legend oh, Faust was is German. German. What if he wrote his character as British? <laughs> that would right, be such a German thing to do. It's like when I forgot where Denmark was, isn't it? <laughs> Not how I pictured this night ending. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> right, true, true that. I've, okay, so say more about that. Where did you think we were going to go? That's a good question. What did you think was happening, Jamie? <laughs> Honestly, like Nurgle or Araman. Okay, you were thinking we were going to go classic. Yeah. Like old school. Okay, all right. I definitely thought Araman would make it. Yeah. I was hoping we'd have a, one of the historical Satans make it into at least the semifinal rounds. But- or at least Liz Hurley. and of the two of these Mephistopheles Mm -hmm. probably has the stronger historical legacy going on yeah Oh, I find it really fascinating that Bedazzled showed up twice and one of them got voted out like first round and the other one has made it to the finals that's really interesting to me because I I had it in my hand gentlemen like you were talking about like if we get one we're gonna get the other, and they're gonna they're gonna head head to head. They're really different off. Satans, though. Hurley Satan was like deliberately targeted a teenage audience, whereas Bedazzled yeah. was marketed yeah. as an intellectual comedy. One's mm-hmm. a lot drier and more subtle, I think. But that yeah. does bring us to our final contest between Mephistopheles and George Spigot from the 1967 Bedazzled. Oh God, I love the cheerful malice of Spigot. You know, like the the cheerfully banal malice, mm-hmm. but also Mephistopheles again. George Spigot would not exist were it not for Mephistopheles. I mean, they're it's almost true. the same character. Well, it's the same mm-hmm. character. Thank you. That's what yeah, I was about no. to say. Is this, this it's is true because Mephistopheles also Wait. has that kind of cheerful menace, right? Which of these 16 same characters is more same character than the other 15? <laughs> How dare you? This is a serious conversation, sir. Does mm-hmm. Mephistopheles have a sense of humor, though? Oh, yeah. There's, I forget which 
version of the Faust. I think, oh, no, no, I think it's called... Uh, You're thinking of the Dr. Seuss version. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's another version. It starts with an A. It's kind of, it's a, it's a parody of Mistopheles. I think it's that one, but he actually calls to attend, like he recognizes that he's starting to be out of date and Mm -hmm. that he no longer is relevant in the world. And I kind of feel like that aspect of, of this one particular flavor of Mephistopheles is definitely in bedazzled as well, which would have to make me kind of go towards Mephistopheles as like bringing that through line of a self-referential Satan. Yeah. And they're, they're both, I mean, both stories are considered to be Faustian stories, although that's unfair to call Mephistopheles a Faustian story as it was the Faustian story. Mm-hmm. So kind of some differences, I feel like Faust never really gave, um, no, Mephistopheles never really gave Faust wishes to kind of like convince him to go other ways, whereas Spigot sabotages all of his wishes. <laughs> hmm yeah, You know, in that regard, from a consciousness of what Satan is supposed to be doing in what people, what is perceived to be Satan's role. I mean, you've all seen the memes and the t-shirts, not today, Satan. Mm-hmm. Um, Mine are maybe today, Satan. I love that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mine, yeah. mine is not today, Jesus. <laughs> or Jesus who? <laughs> well, Spigot is weaker as a devil in that case, because in this one instance, we see him tempt Stanley and like well Stanley is Stanley character right is that the name of the character no it's Elliot mm-hmm. no it's Stanley it, mm-hmm. it's been Stanley for most of this episode so why change sure fair um, <laughs> he tempts Stanley he leads Stanley along but he doesn't actually he's not really invested in Stanley's damnation he is invested in undermining mm-hmm. God and like destroying God's creation or at least like the better the positive parts of it so he's opposed to God's plan, but on a Stanley level, he seems to be fairly amiable, if a jerk. Yeah, but you said it, 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 he he's still doing the really petty yes. shit, yeah. you know, though. You know, I, I to me, I just think about that on the day-to-day level of uh, Satan interaction with your life. Darn it. So Stub yeah, my I, toe, Satan. I, I go to the <laughs> end result, right? It's It was one of the first times I really felt a character's tragedy was when I saw the end of Faust, who has never lived a life, who figured what life out was, figured out what love was. And the moment he discovered happiness, Mm. the very moment he was like, oh, this is what I was missing. Knock, knock, knock. There's Mephisto. Hey, time to go. (laughs) Right? And and like that was like- Great sabotage. <laughs> and, and like, like mm-hmm. I, I very much had that. Like, I hate him. I hate everything he is. This is exactly what a Satan does: is it robs you, it like, like plays you with the idea of this is what you would want. This is how you are. And the moment you have joy, we're we're pulling that away and getting it mm-hmm. done. So that's not just the visual representation, but always, always that idea of what the deal with the devil is, what it means, where it could be. That like that is a. 12 year old reaction there mm. like, wow how, how that hit me we so, can take that a little bit meta and point out that mephistopheles as a creation his role was to guide people towards god by showing them the cost of of temptation the cost of sin whereas yeah. as a media creation that mocks god big picture george spigot may be a better satan because he guides people to laughing at god and does not 
tend them towards mm-hmm. their better angels. Or using that same exact argument, oh, though, referencing more towards a classic Satan from uh, the Hebrew Bible of an agent of God who is who is the stumbling block. There's the the, the saying of if the path is bad, the obstruction mm. is good. Is this spigot language you're talking about? No, I, I'm talking about uh, ah. Mephistopheles. But I'm arguing for Mephistopheles. Mm, okay, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw something out there. What if? Okay, so I think the expectation is that we would choose Mephistopheles, but what if we become the adversaries and we choose Spigot just to spite be just to yeah, it just up. out of spite? Uh huh. <laughs> Satan it up. There's a little Spigot in all of us, so that is an option. It's true. Mm-hmm. It is an option. Just throwing it out there. I vote George Spigot. One for Spigot. You're gonna okay. Spigot. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles. Oh, oh no! <laughs> oh no! It's to the host. Oh, why did you die here? I was not ready to make this make this final call. As, so, as Jacob, are you going to? Oh my goodness gracious! When I when I studied Faust in high school, and and presumably as an undergraduate in college, but I don't remember those years very well. I felt that. Mephistopheles was not a, not really invested in temptation. Like he held Faust's hand as he sinned himself, but Faust always has outs. Mephistopheles' job was to stop him from seeing the outs that he had. Like there was never a time when Faust couldn't ask for forgiveness because God is superior in the medieval tradition that he was drawing from. Mm-hmm. As as a infernal figure, I feel like Mephistopheles' job is easier. What he does is is less. It's less work. It's letting someone else kind of slide that would have slid anyway. He's not like making the rounds, breaking the paper bags, and all that. Mm. I think I think Spigot's devil works harder and has a bigger climb because he's fighting kind of jo- uh, God as his main enemy. Whereas Mephistopheles is kind of in the position of having already won. I mean, hell is everywhere, and I have not left it. Yeah, mm. I I think I respect Spigot's work ethic more and his kind of his drive to destroy the world and undermine sinners is in some ways stronger he's got a huge uh, count of souls at it under his belt that puts him like in competition with god so i have to say that i find the satan pers- that's played by spigot to be kind of the stronger satan of the two i hate to say they're both really good and they both kind of influence uh, well obviously Spigot not influence. Yeah, Spigot no. not influence. It's Mephistopheles, a one way yeah. thankfully, but uh, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go with Spigot as the as mm. the stronger <gasps> Satan in the in the modern Satan mold. And and difficult, a difficult decision that I did not want to take on myself. That's why I was trying to put it on you people. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> Once and we for win. all, the most Satanist Satan. Yes. Not at all where I thought this is all going to go. Uh, <laughs> if, if you, dear listeners, have not seen the 1967 Bedazzled, it is a very, it's got British 1960s pacing, but it's a, it's a dry, delightful mm-hmm. film. The musical number by Name a Band. Dribble Wedge in the Vegetation. Uh, which the title song Bedazzled, uh, I have that playing on my, in my car rotation. It's, 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 it's sad. It's painful and, <laughs> and atonal, so but it's so good. And Stanley's Stanley's song yeah. is good too. 
Well, dear listeners, thank you for joining us on this epic journey to find out which is the Satanist Satan of a broad number of Satans, 16.5 to be precise. Two podcasts are represented here and a chance for the devil you don't know to call out themselves. Where can we find your podcast? I mean, just like anywhere else, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, thedevilpodcast.com. And you can find the dispatchist at dispatch.ist, a name that seemed clever at the time and is now incredible. <laughs> That's kind of a theme. And so until uh, we, we meet all of you again, thank you so much and we'll see you in hell. Thank Wonderful. you. Bye-bye. Thank you for Thanks so much so for having us. Yeah, I'm so glad you guys were in. This was fun. Don, do you have a goodbye phrase? Uh, the devil you don't know is the devil someone else does. Ooh. Wait. I have questions! Hang on! <laughs> That's for the next Victoria, one. Victoria, stealing your outro. Do you know a devil I don't? <laughs> <laughs> podcast is copyright 2021 by the dispatchist and his creative commons you're welcome to reuse with attribution look for us on your favorite podcast app say hi to us on twitter or gmail at the dispatchist no spaces check out our website dispatch.ist for more episodes show notes and a variety of hellish resources <laughs>